Welcome to episode number 20 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. So today we're going to talk about five lessons from building a $200,000 business. And I think it is a conversation that is important to have if you are a nurse who desires to live the good life and your version of living the good life includes having more freedom and flexibility in your schedule uh, and more impact in the world. And that includes, uh, and the way that you do that is to create a private practice or some sort of a service-based business that you operate uh, and where you have full control over what happens, what doesn't, who you see, who you don't and uh, the kind of services that you provide. So I get this question a lot, which is, you know, what are the things that you would um, tell someone who's just getting started? And you guys heard uh, in one of our last podcasts uh, during an interview with Dr. Jessica Chung, where we talked really about how she had gotten started. And so I wanted to give you some of the things that have been really fundamental to my success and to my ability not only to be uh, growing, but also to be profitable. In business, we have two markers of uh, business very often. Number one, growth. Number two, profitability. And those are the two key metrics that we use to evaluate uh, the success of a business. And very often when we have conversations about side hustles or about businesses in general, the conversation really stems from the idea of, is this a hobby or is it a business, right? Hobbies we do for fun. We may not invest a ton of money in, uh, and you know it's not really detrimental to our success or growth if those uh, endeavors don't work. However, in a business, the reality is we are most of us in business or in some sort of a practice because we have a desire to change the world or to provide some sort of higher uh, impact, you know, uh, and to to meet some of our own maybe personal and professional goals of becoming CEOs and of uh, creating something that's highly profitable and. Uh, and successful. So I wanted to take you through some of the things that I have learned and um, and hopefully uh, shed some wisdom on a process that could be supportive to you if you are thinking about uh, incorporating a side hustle or a private practice into your life. Uh, and if that you know is something that helps you to live the good life. Um, I want to make mention also of the fact that you can take this formula and this five-step approach and apply it to anything. You could apply it to becoming the advanced practice nurse who desires to start the private practice or becoming the advanced practice nurse who is well-skilled and adept at a variety of procedures. You could apply it to um, your evolution as a leader. So let's get started. I think lesson number one is important, and I think you'll chuckle because we've talked about this on the podcast a couple times, but it's really just making a decision to do it, right? When I started my business, I made a decision that I was leaving clinical practice and that I was going to start a business, and it was going to be a coaching business, and I was going to be successful, and I just made the decision right then and there that it was going to happen. I was going to go all in and and do the thing. But the first step was really making the the decision to do it and to say, okay, if I'm going to do this, what else needs to happen? I need to give notice of my job and make sure that I've got 120 days set up so that I'm, you know, in compliance with my contract for, you know, giving a adequate notice. And I've also got to uh, establish a, a business entity, a tax structure, you know, within the state of Ohio, and I've got to apply for an uh, employer identification number, right? Like, right. I can't take the massive action of doing all the things, quitting my job, um, 
uh, going into the bank, opening the LLC or the S Corp. I, I, it's hard to do those things from a, a place of indecision. And again, if you've not listened to the uh, podcast episode uh, around the cost of indecision, make sure that you go back and listen to that because it will uh, highlight really the cost that comes when we don't decide to do something. And very often what happens when we are in a state of indecision, which is that, you know, things just don't happen as easily. It's like pulling teeth to get things done. And uh, very often uh, we we don't create the results that we desire when we are indecisive. It's just that, that like icky middle ground of like, eh, I don't know. I don't know what I want, right? Um, so just make a decision to do it. So if that for you involves... Uh, creating a private practice or creating a side hustle, maybe that looks like taking the first step, deciding that you're just going to do it. Even when your brain offers you thoughts like, "Uh, I don't know how, or maybe this won't work, or "Um, you're crazy, right? I've had all of those thoughts come up multiple times, in fact. And when I come back to being the person who makes the decision, it feels much easier to meet my brain with those thoughts and say, of course you're freaking out. Not a big deal. Like you're doing something very human. How human of you to freak out after making a big decision like quitting your job, quitting your clinical practice, which you you invested a ton of time and money into uh, creating and you're going to and and uh, you know professional career and leadership, and you're going to leave that in order to do something that you've never done before. Right? Of course your brain is freaking out a little bit. Like it's a human brain and how human of you to have those thoughts. So So if I meet, though, the conversation in my brain, which offers me all the reasons why I shouldn't do it, if I meet it with that sense of um, power and I say, yes, of course, of course you're going to have thoughts about this, and we still made a decision to do it, right? And we can uh, have this uh, conversation or we can liken this to the experience that maybe you've had around intermittent fasting, you know, being the person who says, no, I only eat from the hours of 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., right? Or being the person who says the kids get one hour of screen time a day and that's it, right? Like we just make a decision ahead of time from a place of very strategic thinking from our analytical brains that are not in a state of fight or flight. They are not, you know, coursing with norepinephrine and all of these other stress hormones that contribute to confusion, uncertainty, and discomfort, but we rather are making the decision from a space of um, being very calm, cool, collected, and saying, yes, of course, I, I know exactly what I want, and I'm going to, to, to decide to do it. So if you are um, thinking about starting your own business or your own practice, or maybe doing something a little outside of your comfort zone, just remember the first step is making that decision to do it. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this right? I don't know the how. I don't know how it's going to be in a month, right? But today I'm going to decide to do it. And when my brain offers me all sorts of fodder around why it can't happen or it shouldn't happen, or I'm not the right person to do the thing, I'm just going to tell it, yeah, I know it's okay that you have those thoughts, but we decided a couple of weeks ago and I'm going to stick to that. Um, and I think that leads into lesson number two, which is really being accountable to yourself. And I meet with a lot of clients and have a lot of conversations around accountability. People who come to me saying, you know, I just am not accountable to myself and I really need somebody to help me be accountable to which I say, absolutely. It's a great reason to hire a coach. 
But I got to tell you, when I work with clients, my goal is not only to help them be accountable to themselves, but it's to help them understand that they always hold the power to be accountable to themselves, right? Like I don't want my clients to have to need me 24 hours a day and seven days a week. I want them to be able to have the tools that I have and to use them to their advantage so that uh, we, they understand that when they make a decision and say, I'm just going to be accountable, I'm going to do what I say I was going to do. I'm going to be responsible to myself that my clients have the tools to say, yeah, when I say that I do it. And all, and the only thing that makes me different or makes me able to do it is the fact that I went all in and I just made a decision, right? And then I held myself to that even when it got hard, even when it felt scary, even when my brain gave me all sorts of reasons that this was the worst fucking decision I've ever made, <laughs> right? And it's normal. I mean, right, you have to, we kind of have to chuckle at our brains a little bit because like, of course, when we do new things, the brain is like, no, girl, this is not a good idea. Like you should not, like you're, you're literally going to single yourself out. You're going to get ousted from the pack. You will have no one to protect you when the saber-toothed tiger comes around or the bear comes around in the cave and it's a terrible idea. You know, of course the brain says that. That's exactly how it was designed. So nothing's gone wrong here. Your job is just to say, okay, I'm just, I made a decision, number one. And number two, I'm going to be accountable to that decision. And I'm the only one who decides. And if you ever have concerns about your own level of accountability, right? Maybe you're the person who you look at your weight loss and you say, boy, I've I really wasn't accountable to myself when I walked past the cookies and I helped myself to a couple. Or if you are the person who has a gym membership and you're like, boy, I'm really not accountable to myself because I have this ongoing gym membership. Every month, the damn thing just auto deducts from my you know, account and I don't even go. Then look, you may have a, a view in your mind of the fact that you may have created this sense of I'm not accountable. Like I'm the person who's actually not accountable. And I just want to make you aware of that story and really question whether or not it's true. Because at the end of the day, you can't be an advanced practice nurse and not be accountable. I mean, there are some of us who probably don't attend to labs and who don't sign off charts and close them, or we, you know, maybe keep some labs in our, you know, in basket a little longer than maybe our colleagues. But for the most part, like you can't actually be in this profession and not be accountable because that's just how our profession is. There are standards that are uh, put in place for us in terms of how often, you know, and, and how many hours we need to coach charts and how often we need to make contact with patients when they reach out to us. And we generally abide by those. So if your brain offers you the story of like, I'm not actually very accountable, I would just question that and say, is that really true? Are there other areas in my life where I am really accountable? Like, Maybe it's picking up my kids at from practice at five o'clock, or picking my kids up at daycare at six o'clock. Like, do are you ever the person who just like is like ah hell with that today? Like I'm going to the bar. No, like most of you are like yeah. If I say I'm picking my kid up at six o'clock, I'm picking my kid up at six o'clock. I might be a little bit late, but I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna take care of it, right? So you're actually very accountable. So when your brain offers you that story around, you know, well, I don't know, are you really that accountable? You could be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I really am. I am accountable. I brush my teeth every day. Like that's a level of accountability I have to myself. Brush my teeth in the mornings and at night. Boom. 
right? So <laughs> question those stories uh, when they come around. I mean, it's a great skill to have, not only uh, for the purposes of this conversation, but whenever you are trying to become a person who is more aware uh, and, and really question some of the stories that uh, may have contributed to these belief systems, that's a, it's a great method of being able to do, to do it. And then the other thing too, I think about what's interesting about building a business from my uh, vantage point has been, you know, I, when I left clinical practice, I always knew that I was the one who wanted to have, I wanted to be the boss. I wanted to be like the leader of the, you know, of the, of the shit show, right? Like uh, the, the ring leader, right? Like that was just what I, what I desired. And what's interesting is that my last uh, position really set me up to help me become a better leader, really by helping me to become more aware of where I was deficient, where I was strong, and um, and forced me and really challenged me to um, develop that level of awareness um, and put me on this path of being, you know, what I would call uh, a better version of, of a leader than I've ever been. But what's funny is that when you become an entrepreneur and you say, well, I'm just going to, you know, I really want to get out of the clinic because I don't want to have to answer to my boss. What's interesting is that with entrepreneurship, I mean, we're still answering to people. Like I answer to my clients. I don't necessarily answer to uh, my uh, a boss because I'm the boss, but I still have to answer to my assistant. I still have to answer to my clients. I still have to answer to my, um, my business partner. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't abandon responsibility, right, or accountability um, when I get into a position of leadership. We, 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 I just don't think that that is actually very realistic. So the other area where this has really come up for me in my business is very often doing the things that feel really hard off the bat. So for those of you who know me or who have seen me online, you know that I do some Facebook ads. And and there are a lot of things I've done in my business that have been challenging, but I would tell you that doing the portion of Facebook ads uh, that requires multiple parts and really requires a scientific approach or scientific method uh, and approach, uh, which you know tests models, it has a A and B version, uh, and and then looks for, to see okay, what were the outcomes of A, what were the outcomes of B, which did better, you know, what would I do again down the road. Which one do I stop? Um, and uh, uh, which would I never do again? Right? Because we've all had a couple of those. Uh, <clears throat> but when in my business, it's been uh, fascinating to watch that some of the really things that have been hard are the things where I really don't want to be accountable. Right? I kind of I'll look at it and I'll see oh Facebook ad, you know, a time block on my calendar for for managing my Facebook ads, and I'll look at it and say oh God. That's really hard. I don't really want to do that, right? Of course, again, normal brain uh, thinking that, you know, it's very hard and it's probably not really uh, useful for me to do or it's going to cause some pain and discomfort. My brain's like, we avoid that shit at all costs. Again, totally normal. Um, but when you um, when you become the person who's accountable to yourself, you become the person who agrees that she will manage her brain in those moments when all of the chatter gets very, very loud and when it feels very, very hard. Uh, and so really accountability, I think, is is one of the keys. And again, I think for many of us, there's this background noise and story about that we're not necessarily accountable. And I think that's just not true one bit. So always something to question. So number one, make a decision to do it. Number two, be accountable to yourself and make a decision again to just be accountable to do the things even when they're hard. 
Number three, I tell my clients this all the time, and I try to live as an example of this, to go all in on those decisions, right? Not to do them half-assed, not to commit to something and to then decide, you know, when it gets hard and you're in the middle of the Facebook ad that you're just going to like, you know, fuck it, I'm done. I can't do this anymore, right? And of course, sometimes we do take pauses and we do need to step away and to regroup and, you know, come back into that, um, you know, to allow our nervous system to calm and to, you know, approach something from uh, a calm state and from a new perspective. And I don't uh, disagree with that method. I just want to remind you um, and to remind myself that when we make the decision to go all in and we say that, you know what, come hell or high water, I'm going to make it happen, right? That may include the fact that I fail, you know, eight out of nine times over the next Facebook, you know, round of Facebook ads that I do. And for those of us who are doing, you know, think about it in our nursing careers, like, if you were the nurse who, when you got out of school, didn't go all in on doing IVs, you you would have given up, right? Like I, IVs were a struggle for me in the beginning. And I remember coming home and crying and sitting in my car and crying to my husband and, you know, doing all these things that really didn't help me become better at putting IVs in, but sure helped me feel like, you know, um, like it was a really terrible problem. But, but look, you know, I made a decision when I went to nursing school and when I took my first job in L&D that I was going to become a, a, an L&D nurse. And part of that included putting in IVs and 16s. And the reality is, was the work hard? Yes, of course. But when you make the decision off the bat and you just say, yeah, look, whatever comes, like come what may, I'm going to make it happen. I'm all in. I'm all in for all of it. For all the fuck ups and all of the successes, all of the joys and all of the failures, like sign me up, I'm all in, right? Um, and so when, if we think of how we do that naturally as nurses, and we probably also do as advanced practice nurses, I went through the same learning curve with learning shoulder dystocia management and learning IUD insertion and even next plan removal. That one time was so challenging for me, right? But when I commit and I say, no, I just go all in. Like, I know it's going to be hard. I actually, I'm, I'm here for all of it. I'm not scared of feeling any emotion and bring it on, right? Like, it's a powerful way to show up when you are approaching something new, whether it's a new practice, a new business, a new procedural skill, um, a new relationship. Like, I'm here for all of it. Sign me up, put me in. Um and then this leads into really um, uh, lesson number four, which is to learn to embrace failure, right? Embracing failure is one of the best things that we can do. And, and I think for a lot of us who have been trained in the discipline of healthcare and in nursing, you know, we look at failure as death and we, as, we assign a certain level of significance to failure and rightfully so, because we are dealing with people's lives in our hands, right? So of course, it's a good idea that, uh, you know, I consider the discomfort I, a patient may go through if I put an IV in and I blow it, you know, half a dozen times, right? Like I can embrace failure all I want. Does that make a great experience for my patient? No, it's a terrible experience. So, right. So maybe I become the nurse who says, you know, I try twice and if I don't get it, then I go on and ask a, a mentor or a fellow colleague to come and help me, right? But so we have good reason to 
to have a different view on failure and to keep it um, clear in our minds that you know, we really are in the business of helping people achieve optimal outcomes, health and wellness, and, um, and, and overall like an improvement in health. And so we have to keep that at the forefront of, we, of what we do. So sometimes it muddies the waters, right? We may actually look at failure and say, oh my gosh, failure is terrible because it means potential death and morbidity or mortality. Outside, though, of the world of healthcare, you start talking about building a business or becoming the person who creates a side hustle or becoming the person who goes out for a promotion or a new job. You have to embrace failure as the way that you will learn, right? Because if you don't, what will happen is that failure will will result in a lot of suffering. It will provide you with a lot of negative self-talk, a lot of inner critic you know, God, you're so terrible. And oh, look what, right? You may actually look at that failure and make it mean something about you. Well, you're not good enough. No wonder you didn't know what you were doing. I mean, you were terrible, right? Like, I mean, you can see how easily I say these things because these are thoughts that I've been somebody who's had, uh, you know, a million of in the past. And I still sometimes get them. They, They definitely come up for me. But one of the things that I've done is to really train my brain on changing the connotation of failure to being something negative, right? Like, what if we could just say that there are outcomes, some of which get us closer to our goal and some of which take us a little bit further away from our goal. And our job is not to assign judgment to them, but our job is just to look at them and say, okay, what worked, what didn't work, and what would I do differently next time, right? Like, what if the you what if you were the advanced practice nurse who said yes of course i'm going to you know try seven side hustles before you know number eight works of course and i'm in for all of it sign me up right embracing failure is one of the hardest things that i have done throughout my business and building a two hundred thousand dollar practice and i'll tell you as a high achieving woman and someone who has always put been trained and taught to make her uh, productivity and her achieving equate to her worth, it becomes very, very challenging when I don't win, right? And so for a long time, I used to equate that winning for me was, you know, in essence meant that I was worthy and that I was good enough and, you know, that I was um, worth my weight, right? Um, It made it mean something about me. And so naturally, if you take away the winning and all of a sudden you replace that with failing and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, if winning means I'm good enough and I'm worthy, then failing means I'm a piece of shit and I'm not, you know, I'm not worthy to be the gum on the bottom of your shoe, right? And that's a little exaggerated. However, you can see that if you are the person who has a connotation or a a belief system around you know, failure, that it's terrible, that it's, uh, it results in sickness and additional death, or it's really a bad thing to do. And of course you will be the person who avoids failing. You will be the person who, who thinks, oh, I, you know, must get it perfect. You will be the person who says, you know, when she does fail, it will be like a, a, a super challenging moment for you because, you know, you've equated your failure with meaning that you're not good enough and that you don't deserve it, and that it's never going to happen for you. So I I would love to see that more advanced practice nurses uh, be, develop a mindset around embracing failure, not as something that's um, you know fun to do or nice to do, but as really an opportunity to reevaluate, okay, 
but what if failure was the way? What if, you know, what if every time I fail, it just means I'm getting closer to success? If we can change the story around failure, I think there's so much opportunity and the journey is so much easier, right? The, um, the suffering is less and it's, it's just the process is a lot, is a lot more fun. And number five, my lesson for number five really leads into that, which is that, you know, building a business is one of the hardest things that I've ever done because it's challenged me in so many ways. But I could say the same thing about becoming a midwife that challenged me in a thousand new ways and becoming a nurse that challenged me in like a million ways. Right. And so here's the thing. If we say, well, if I, if I say, you know, I'm going to go all in, I'm going to, um, I'm going to be accountable to myself. I'm going to make a decision and I'm going to stick to it. If I'm, I'm going to embrace failure. And if we really commit to that process, then it's inevitable that we will create our success. So here's the thing. If you're going to be that person who's like, I'm all in, I'm going to do the thing, um, sign me up. And at the end of the day, you're, you're going to meet your goal because you believe your success is inevitable. Then here's the thing. Like, how do you want to feel along the way? Do you want it to be fun? Do you want yourself to be a constant perfectionist who... Um, who, you know, stresses over the last, you know, dotting of the I's and crossing of the T's when it's not necessary? Like, do you want to be the person who dreads sitting down at her computer and seeing patients? Do you want to be the person who falls into burnout the same way that you did when you were in clinical practice, when you had a boss, when you were driven by RVU models and, you know, productivity uh, incentives? Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't I didn't get out of healthcare to um, increase my suffering. Right. In building a business. I got into entrepreneurship and building a practice because I wanted more freedom and flexibility. And what I learned was that I made it really hard for myself in the first one to two years, again, because I always equated winning with me, you know, being worthy and, and being someone who you know, was deserving, right? And like, I I made winning in my business mean like that I was a great human, right? No, like, it actually doesn't have to be that way. Um, I could actually just tell myself like, no, I'm a great human. I came into this world 100% worthy. I will leave this world 100% worthy. Nothing will change that. And, um, And if I'm the person who commits to the process, then, you know, events and circumstances can happen along the way and it's just not a problem. I never make that mean anything about me. Um, And I'll tell you, when you begin to think like that, it becomes so much more fun. It's so much easier to build a business. You don't see the highs, you know, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows ensue when you, um, when you decline to make things mean something about you or decline to allow them to dictate your worth. So, you know, having fun along the way is something that is important to me. It's something that is um, one of the joys of being able to build a business. And if I know that I'm going to rely on myself to get there and I'm going to get there, then the path is either make it terribly hard or have a lot of fun along the way and do a lot of learning. And I have to admit, I've done the hard shit and I don't like it, right? I'm not afraid of hard work. But I don't want to have a shitty time. I don't want to have a time full of suffering and, 
you know, feeling terrible about myself. Like, I've done that. It sucks. So I'd rather have fun along the way. And so if I'm going to commit to having fun along the way, then what does that look like, right? How does that influence how I look at, at, at my, six, my wins and my losses? Um, how does that look when I take massive action? How does that look when I make a mistake and I, you know, look at myself? Do I beat myself up for it or do I just say, of course I was the person who did that? Of course I screwed up, you know, the Slack channel access for my client. It happens. Not a big deal, right? If I make that mean something about me, I could like spend the next two days like crying or feeling like terrible, super discouraged and disheartened and then, you know, go and take it out on my kids or, you know, turn around and snap at the the grocery store clerk, right? And I don't want to do that. I want to be the person who's having fun. Like I want to take my business and create change in the world and opportunity for others in the world, not only for myself, but for others. So having fun along the way is something that I'm, I'm working on and I'm learning that is possible. Um, if I'm willing to show myself some compassion and grace, if I'm willing to, um, you know, decline to let anything mean, uh, you know, any decision I make or any outcome in my business ever mean anything about me. And it's one of the most, um, rewarding, uh, surprises in this business that uh, actually could be super fun, right? It's super hard. Facebook ads are super hard, but man, it's super fun when you get them when when you get them to work and like the system actually works, right? Like the clients start to come. So, um, so just to recap, right? Five lessons that I have learned along the way of building two hundred thousand uh, dollars in revenue. Make a decision to do it. Uh, number two, be accountable to yourself. Um, number three, go all in, decline to let anything, you know, steer you off your path, any person, any words, any comments, any feedback. Number four, embrace failure as the way, right? What if the only way we get to our successes is by, you know, uh, several fuck ups right along the way? What if that's just the way we do it? And then number five, to have fun. If I'm going to build the business, right? I get to choose. Am I going to make it hard or am I going to just allow myself some compassion and grace and laugh along the way? I'm all in for laughter along the way because I think the other method, I've done that, been there, done that, and it sucks. I'm not going back to it um, despite what my brain tells me. So, So I hope that's supportive to you. And again, remember, that's a formula that you can use in pretty much any scenario, whether it's leadership or losing weight or, um, or, you know, building a $200,000 business. So, so if you are an advanced practice nurse who wants some more support so that winning doesn't always equate to your worth, or if you want to become the person who becomes decisive and goes all in and is accountable to herself and learns how to always make decisions that serve her, I invite you to come over to Women Who Cultivate, where we work on becoming the advanced practice nurses who uh, do all these things, who are accountable, who are decisive, who um, never make things mean anything about us, who have fun along the way, um, and uh, and you know, create epic shit in this world. So, so www.annconkleycnm.com for more information, and uh, I hope this was supportive. I will see you guys next time. Take care.